0: This teaching comes to you from the team at Anchor Church Sydney. We hope you're blessed by it. For more teachings, resources or info, check out our website www.anchorchurch.com.au Right now we're going to hear from God's Word at Anchor. We believe that God's Word is living and active. We believe that God speaks to us by His Word. Our church is a Bible-centered church and so we're going to Preach from the Word this morning. Brad's going to preach uh, in a few moments. But if you've got a Bible, we'd like to open up to Mark chapter 10, verse 13. If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. The verses will be on the screen behind me and you can follow along. So Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 13. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, He was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them.
1: Well, good morning, Anchor. Isn't it a good morning to be here together? My name is Brad Koneman. I'm the Gospel Communities pastor here, part of Forest Lodge Gospel Community, and proud father of Reuben Aslan Koneman that we dedicated this morning, one of the Rubens. One of the Rubens. There's a band called the Rubens, isn't there? It could be in the in the Rubens. Well, if you are here for our baby dedications, special welcome to you, family, friends of all the kids that were being dedicated. We're stoked that you could join us this morning. Uh, Shout out to my family in the front row. Thank you so much for coming down from the Blue Mountains to to be here. Uh, This morning on Baby Dedication Sunday, we're going to be asking the question, what does Jesus think about children? And how should that shape how we think about and relate to children as his disciples, as people that are learning to be like Jesus? Our culture tends towards either neglecting children, on the one hand, or idolizing children on the other, treating children as nothing or as everything. But today we're going to see how Jesus critiques both the the neglect of children and the idolizing of children and shows us how to perfectly relate to, to children in his own example. Now, just want to flag right up top that Baby dedications, children, families. These topics can be really difficult for some people. You might be single and like desperately want to be married and have a family. You might be struggling with infertility. You might have had a miscarriage. You might be carrying around the guilt of an abortion. Just want to flag that right up the top that we, we know your stories and we're aware of the struggle. Uh, but this morning we're going to hear from Jesus himself who was single. He never had children, never had kids. And yet he shows us perfectly the place of children within our community and within the kingdom of God. So today's talk is not a a talk for parents and families only, it's a talk for all of us because we're all part of the family of God. So we need God's help to hear his word, so will you pray with me? Let's pray together. Father, break down our pride that we might humbly receive your word. May your spirit plant it deep, deep in our hearts so that it might come forth and bear bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, as I said, we're going to see Jesus critique the neglect of children by showing us that children are welcome, that we welcome children, but also that we need to learn from children. So he critiques the neglect of children, saying, welcome children, we need to learn from them. And then he critiques the idolatry of children by redefining family. So, welcoming children, learning from children, redefining family. That's where we're going. So, first, welcoming children. So, we see in the passage that Matt read out for us in Mark chapter 10 today that there are people bringing their kids to Jesus. Kids loved Jesus, Jesus loved the kids, but there's something stopping the children coming to Jesus. Did you pick that up? What's stopping the children coming to Jesus? It's his disciples. Jesus is too busy for you. We've got to focus on the urgent, important needs. Kids, don't worry about them. Isn't it so sad when God's people are the ones that stop people coming to Jesus? Isn't that sad? And Jesus is angry about it. When he saw it in verse 14, he was indignant. He was angry that his disciples were stopping these precious little children's coming to him. And he said, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. What's the reason he gives? For to such belongs the kingdom of God. And we see Jesus get down on bended knee and scoop the kids into his arms and bless them. Just such a beautiful picture of the heart of God bending down, scooping us up in his arms, embracing us in his love. Now, traditional culture thinks kids are worthless. They're small, they're insignificant, they don't have any social status. They're not important, so let's put them away. Or at worst, kids are neglected, they're abused, they're sold into slavery. And sadly, the church has, its, has something to answer for here. The church has perpetuated and covered up child abuse and it should not be like that. Because according to Jesus, kids are valuable and important. Jesus' view of children is revolutionary. Jesus, in his ministry, continually affirms the dignity and value of all people, that all of us are made in the image of God, and he especially lifted up the marginalised and oppressed, the little ones, like children. He reverses the power hierarchy, the proud and important he brings down, and the humble, like the kids, he lifts up. The first shall be last, but the last shall be first. So children might be small in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of God, they're giants. Jesus says the kingdom of God belongs to who? Belongs to the children. Now kids, it's not just that they have great potential. Kids aren't just the next generation of the church. No, the kingdom belongs to them today. Jesus said that children are the greatest in the kingdom of God. And so for us as a church anchor, This is a place where kids are welcome, where we want kids to be safe. This is a safe and welcoming environment for kids to come and meet Jesus. That means that as we send our kids out to our kids' ministry programs, that's not babysitting. That's real kingdom ministry happening out there. The seed of the gospel being planted in young hearts. Young faith being nurtured. It's not that the real thing's happening in here and something different out there. No, that is real ministry happening there. So, does your attitude towards children match Jesus's? As we're having morning tea together later on, as our Camp C gospel community is doing bump in and bump out and the kids are running around everywhere, do you think, oh man, they're so annoying, they're such an inconvenience, get them out of here! Is that how you view children? Or do you see them as precious? Do you get down on your knees to play with them like Jesus did? May we never hinder the children coming to Jesus. Our lives must always be open to kids, welcoming them as a blessing from God. But Jesus doesn't just elevate the status of children as members of the kingdom of God. He says we need to learn. We need to learn from the children, that they are our kingdom example. Look at verse 15 of Mark chapter 10. He says, Truly I say to you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So, if you wanted to find out how to enter the kingdom of God, who would you go and talk to? Would you kind of just intuitively think, I've got to go and find the important people to to, to find out how to enter the kingdom of God? I've got to talk to the pope or the priest or the pastor? Well, Jesus says, You want to know how to enter the kingdom of God? Who do you look at? Look at the kids. Don't just learn from them, but according to Jesus, we need to become like the children to enter the kingdom of God. We need to receive the kingdom as they do, or we won't enter it at all. That's a really strong statement by Jesus. He's really emphatic here. He says, you will never enter the kingdom of God unless you become like a child. So what are children like? Well, they're small. They're not full of their own self-importance. They're insignificant. They're humble. They're not proud. They're dependent. They're not self-sufficient and independent. They know they don't need to do anything special for Jesus to love them. They don't need to get dressed up in their special clothes or be on their best behaviour. All they need to do is run into his arms. Now, our daughter, Eva, is five years old. She's at preschool down in Glebe. And we heard last week from her teacher that they did this activity in her preschool class where they went around the circle, they sat all the kids down, and they, all the kids had to say, I'm special because... And I wonder, how, how would you answer that question? I'm special because... And they went around the circle, I'm special because I've got... Special Superman at home, I'm special because I've got transformers and dinosaurs and a pet rabbit. And like, as I was reading, because we get a report every week, kind of all these funny interactions that the kids have. As I'm reading through them, all of them are based on the toys and possessions that these kids have. And then when it gets to Eva, she says, I'm special because Jesus loves me. Wow. Jesus holds children up as our kingdom example. I'm special because because of what you own, because of what you do. No, I'm special because Jesus loves me. We've got to become like the children who who come as they are to Jesus with nothing in their hands to receive the love of God. And this point is immediately emphasised in Mark's narrative By contrast with a guy that has everything that comes to Jesus and says what must I do to enter the kingdom of God if you've got your Bibles open flick there You, you might remember the story of the rich young man this guy has everything he's got money he's got power he's got good looks he's got a good religious record And if you you think, like, if anyone's going to be in the kingdom, it's this guy. This guy has it all together. He's got everything. This guy's in the kingdom, right? But Jesus' diagnosis of his life is that he lacks the one thing that he actually needs to get into the kingdom, which is nothing. He has everything, but he doesn't have nothing. Jesus tells him to empty his hands. Go and sell everything that you have so that you might be able to grasp hold Of the treasure in heaven but the man leaves sad because he's holding on to his possessions jesus concludes in mark chapter 10 verse 23 how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of heaven it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle what a funny picture a camel through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of god So often we're running around holding on to the things in our lives that make us feel important and significant, that make us feel good about ourselves, and our hands are so full that we we can't actually grasp hold of God. It's not whoever dies with the most toys wins. You cannot transfer your bank balance or your share portfolio into the kingdom of God. Your degrees won't get you into the kingdom. Your CV won't get you into the kingdom. Your job title won't get you into the kingdom. Your performance will not get you into the kingdom. It's not about how good you are or how clever you are or how nice you are or what you've achieved. None of that cuts it. And the disciples responded, Who can get in? How can anyone be saved then? And Jesus responds in verse 27. With man, it is impossible, but not with God. Isn't that good news? good news? But not with God, for all things are possible with God. See, the only way into the kingdom, the only way into the kingdom of God is if the king lets you in. As a free gift. See, we don't deserve it, we couldn't earn it, Entrance into the kingdom of God is God's gift to us in Jesus Christ. Now, adults have all this kind of funny gift etiquette, don't we? You know, we write on our party invitations or we set up a Facebook event and we think, I want, don't, don't bring your gifts, bring your presents. No gifts, please. But then if someone gives us something, we're like, man, you, should, you really shouldn't have, I don't need anything. And then if someone gives us something, we feel like we've got to reciprocate, we send thank you cards, we feel kind of obliged to give back. Does, does this kind of etiquette indicate that we're actually too proud to receive? Think about our kids. We had Eva and Ruben's joint birthday party last weekend, and they got this mountain of presents, and they're just like, there's no etiquette, there's no pretensions, give me another present, I'm wrapping it open and playing with it. You see, kids are gift experts, aren't they? We need to learn from the gift experts about how to receive a gift from God. Because that's how you get into the kingdom. By receiving a gift with empty hands from God. And this principle is so important that Jesus says this is the very first thing in his most famous and most important discourse. The Sermon on the Mount. We just did this as a church the first half of this year. Jesus' manifesto of the kingdom. What's the very first thing he says in his sermon on the mount? It's not blessed are the rich, blessed are the important. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the humble, those who come with nothing. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you want the kingdom of heaven, what do you need? You need poverty of spirit. See, Christianity is a simple faith. You don't need to pass an exam. You don't need to pray five times a day. You don't need to go on a pilgrimage to enter the kingdom. All you need is simple faith like a child. The famous church father Augustine wrote, "...the Bible is shallow enough for a child not to drown." but deep enough for an elephant to swim in. We need faith like a child. We're not going to drown in the waters of Christianity, but childlike faith isn't the same as childish faith. God does want us to move towards maturity. But hear this warning from Sally Lloyd-Jones, who wrote the Kids Bible, the Jesus Storybook Bible. God does want us to move to maturity, but no matter how big you grow... Never grow up so much that you lose your child's heart, full of trust in God. Be like these children. They are the most important in my kingdom, says Jesus. So what have we seen? Jesus totally rejects the neglect of children by traditional culture. He welcomes the kids and he lifts them up as our kingdom example. If you want to enter the kingdom of God, You've got to receive the kingdom with empty hands, like a child, receiving a gift from our Father in heaven. But as we kind of come towards an end now, we also see that Jesus critiques our modern idolatry of the family by redefining family for his disciples. In Mark chapter 3, Jesus' family comes to him as he's in a house teaching and they're calling for him and the crowd says, Jesus... Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And Jesus answers them and he says, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around at those in the room, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. See, Jesus redefines family for anyone who would follow him. Our nuclear family is no longer where we find our primary belonging or identity. Rather, as disciples of Jesus, we find our primary belonging and identity in the family of God. United together, not by DNA, but by the blood of Christ. And we just had this emphasised so beautifully over the last few weeks of our Wayward series, where we heard time and time again that God is not hiring employees to serve him. God is adopting children into his family by redefining family jesus critiques our idolatry of family now what is idolatry you might think kind of pagan old school religion you know you've got a statue and you go and offer it a food offering or something or put some incense incense in front of it well idolatry is about what we worship it's about our hearts what do we love what takes kind of Prime importance, first place in our lives. And what idolatry does is it's taking a good thing that God has given us, but making it ultimate. Puts it in the ultimate position that only God can occupy. So, what's that for you? What do you tend to place in first position in your life? What do you tend to place above God? Is it food? Sex? Your body? your investment portfolio, your career, your family, all of these are sucky gods. They're all going to let you down. But the thing is that God never lets us down. He is the only thing that never changes. He is faithful. He's the only one that is worthy to occupy that first position in our lives. And as we come to him, as we come to God through Jesus, he completely reorders the priorities of our lives. When Jesus appears on the scene in Galilee preaching, the very first thing that he says, does anyone remember? What does Jesus say? The first thing as he comes on the scene preaching, he calls people to repent. Repent for the kingdom kingdom of God is at hand. He calls us to repent of whatever we've put in that first Position, take it out and put God back in to recenter our lives around the kingdom of God. As so this means for us, that our blood family is not ultimate, Jesus is ultimate. Your children are not the center of your universe, God is the center of your universe. The Christian vision is not happy families buying a house living a comfortable life in the suburbs. The Christian vision is, seek first the kingdom of God. And didn't we see this so beautifully illustrated in all those commitments that the parents made? God-centred visions for parenting and for children. Not to have a happy life by the, by the standards of Sydney's success. Almost everyone acknowledged that life is going to be hard. Every one of those parents wanted their kids to know Jesus, to have a character that is like him, and to use their lives to serve others. So Jesus redefines family. What does that mean for us? If church is a family, what does that actually look like on the ground for us as a church here at Anchor? Well, we know that for many of you, following Jesus is difficult. Maybe your family of origin has rejected you because of your faith in Jesus, or causes, that causes some real tension, and that's really painful. Some of you, like I flagged at the start, are desperate to have a family. You might be struggling with infertility or you might be single, you might be same-sex attracted and you kind of desperately want kids in a family and you're committed to walking the costly road of obedience. Now, I don't want to be trite and say, well, don't worry about any of that stuff. The church is your family. It doesn't matter. No, I want to acknowledge that all of those situations, that, that causes real pain and grief and heartache. And as the body of Christ, we grieve together, don't we? As we walk together through all of those things. When one part of the body suffers, we all feel that together. So I don't want to be trite and just kind of write off your pain. But at the same time, isn't it such a profound reality that in Christ we have been adopted into a new family? The church at its best ought to be a place where we find family where no matter who you are or where you've come from, that we all find a place to belong. Now, this is really important for us here at Anchor. We believe that the church is not a building, the church is not an event to attend, the church is not a social club or a class. The church is a family. We take this really seriously and it profoundly shapes what we do. At the, at the centre of our life together as, our, as a church is our gospel communities as we share our lives together as a family of missionaries. We welcome people into our home and into our lives every week. We eat around the family dinner table, sharing a family meal as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a place where everyone has a place to belong. What might it look like for us to live this vision out of the church as a family? Maybe if you are a parent, maybe if you have children, kids and a family maybe there's a special role for you to play in welcoming singles into your home welcoming people who desperately want a family and bringing them into your home and into your lives so that they can experience the love of god experience family but likewise if you're a single you have an important role to play in helping us parents to raise our kids we don't know what we're doing is there a parent out there who has any idea what they're doing we just kind of get chucked in the deep end We don't know how to swim. We've got to figure it out. We need as much help as we can get. So families can welcome singles in. Singles can help parents raise their kids. I think this was beautifully illustrated for me uh, recently, just in the last few weeks. Some of you might have seen uh, the post that Steve Biddle put on Facebook. You might have heard of Steve Biddle. He's kind of a parenting guru in Australia. Um, He recently wrote that there's been a deterioration in girls' mental health. And he attributed that to the oversexualization of society, but also to the disappearance of adult women from young girls' lives. And his main point was that girls need aunties, whether that's kind of a blood auntie or an auntie in the church. Girls need older women that will hang out with them, that will ask them the big questions, that will take a genuine interest in their life and help them to grow up to know Jesus Boys and girls both need role models apart from their parents as they grow up, and that's particularly true of teenagers. Do you know that church is one of the only multi-generational organizations left in society today? What potential the church has to raise healthy kids if we all commit to parenting together as a community project? If we take it seriously that the church is a family and that it truly does take a village to raise a child. Church, we are the family of God. We are adopted as God's children. God is our Father in heaven. And this radically reorients our identity, our priorities, and our loyalties. So, as we close, how, how should we think about and relate to children? Well, we've seen that Jesus sets children before us as greatest in the kingdom of God. He says, don't neglect them, don't ignore them, but welcome them and learn from them. And yet at the same time, he warns us, don't don't idolise children. Don't make them ultimate. Rather, we've got to get down on, on our knees, welcome the kids, learn from them, become like them. Unless you become like a child, you will never enter the kingdom of God.